Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I've got Rosie Edwards in the beach shack now. She grew up in the UK. She's still only young, but she talks about coming through surf life saving in England and starting to paddle and how there's not many sponsors. There's no one to look up to as a role model. And now she's racing internationally uh, with ocean paddling and explains how she would like to be a role model for other girls coming through to get them paddling in the UK. As the conditions are quite difficult and cold over there, it's not a, a sport that people enjoy doing like we do here in Australia, but she is uh, out there doing her best. So now let's sit back and have a listen to my chat with Rosie. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I've got Rosie Edwards. I met her over a year ago now when we're doing the world titles in Portugal and uh, she's got a good story growing up paddling in a country which is very, very cold. I don't understand how she can get out of bed and do that, but she does. So welcome, Rosie, to the Beach Shack. Thank you for having me. Now, you grew up in the UK, so tell us about uh, the early days when you were growing up over there. So I came from a swimming background. I swam like all my life younger and I live in Cornwall so the very southwest of England and it's like countryside very like in the middle of nowhere basically so I just did my local swim club until I was about 13 I think I was and then I started life-saving because all my friends did both and I was oh what's this thing so I might as well join it it was so much fun and did life-saving went to Hale Sub life-saving then that was my first club and then just progressed and loved it more and then did the ski part a bit more. So went on to ski paddling and did the ocean stuff. Now, with um, I've been down to Cornwall and it's, it's your season's there for people that don't know because compared to – and at the moment you're in Australia um, training after the recent World Championships that have been over in Perth. But how – the seasons are quite short there, aren't they? Yeah, so we have our summer season and it's only proper summer for like – three months and then the rest is just raining cold the rest of the year and in the winter then it's just even colder so we only get those few months in the summer where we can have those competitions and we know it's going to be like good weather for them so nothing's going to be cancelled and properly trained well when I was in Cornwall I think it was August or July August I think the was still wearing a four mil four mil wetsuit because it's still only about 17 18 degrees in the water how hot does it get in the water in the peak summer? Oh, not that warm at all. I'm not <laughs> sure the actual temperature, but yeah, it's still wetsuit weather all year round. You'll get like two days a year when it's like a weird heat wave that you can go in a cosy, but apart from that, no. <laughs> so you said you're doing your swimming. So obviously that would have been what indoors, nice and warm. And then yeah. you were starting to compete what, for the surf club in swimming events. It's funny now, swimming is actually my weakest event 
purely just because I ended up dropping it all. But no, I just joined in everything. I think I was still a nipper then, so it was mainly just board and swimming and tablin those things. And then I ended up moving clubs to St. Ives, which is which had a lot more girls then. And um, I joined the ski part there and it did a bit more. And then I trained with Woody, who has a group of all of us from all over Cornwall. And then that's when I started doing like the proper sessions and proper training and went from there. So what do you do in the, the colder months then? Do you have to paddle like on an erg machine or you can't get into the water or you just, you just go in the water anyway? Yeah, so we're very lucky. We have one like main river in Cornwall, in Truro, so we can get on that pretty much any weather. We can get there and just train. It's about, it's an hour away from me, so, but it's always guaranteed you can actually get on the water. It does get cold, like, February time, it'll be like minus three degrees. We've paddled in hail, snow, and like, when you're paddling, your eyes are closed and you can't (laughs) see anything. It's so cold, but, and then we do some of the life-saving stuff on Sunday we can get out but it's very like if the weather's bad you can't but then I do have an ergo as well but I don't use it as much as I should (laughs) well you're doing this the surf club stuff so how did you get into the ocean paddling because it's similar but it's a little bit different to what you know the clubby stuff is so Woody the guy I train with he also imports and has his own brand of all the kit in he lives in Newquay so he's from here actually from Manly and he so I use his vanquishes in his kit and he one day like brought an ocean ski in for him to use he designed it his own one and obviously I was preferring the the ski stuff so he was like, oh Rosie try this out what do you think so I used it and then there was a competition and a race on so I was like okay I might as well do that and then I just kept going with them and just never gave him the ski back <laughs> until recently <laughs> Yeah, so Woody, because he is from Manly, isn't he? Because I, I, I knew I used to race against him years ago, but he raced this year, didn't he, in the Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he came over. Yeah. Obviously, in the UK, it's tough, and there's probably not a lot of girls that do it. So, like, what keeps you motivated to keep paddling? You know, there's probably no one to look up to either. Um, it's, a, it's a tough sport living in a country like that. Yeah, so the majority of my sessions, I'm just paddling by myself because there's there's a few girls, but definitely not. Like, now I've been over here and seen it all. There's so many girls and role models to look up to, but back home, we have a few older ones, but there is some, but there's just not as many as over here. They're very much more spread out. So you have some in Wales, some in here, all the different clubs, but there's not many in a group together. So with the competition, you travel around to different countries because obviously you're based in the UK, but there are other countries that are warmer as well. Do you go there a, a bit as well? Yes. So my favourite race is actually the Euro Challenge in Spain that I go to every single year. It's such a good one where all people from Europe just go to and it's one every year that's just amazing and there's good prize money and good conditions and it's warm. So mm. why wouldn't you? <laughs> so how do you keep... With the training, though, because you, you paddle quite well, so how you don't sort of get in the water as much as probably what the other girls do. So one day would you move somewhere where you can train a lot more and try and be more competitive? So, yeah, I actually think I would because I spent six weeks down in Cape Town, just gone, and 
is paddling there twice a day. It's such an amazing setup, good group of girls. It's warm and everything. And now doing that, I'm like, I don't want to go back. And like, why would I when there's just so much more like opportunities and training over there? So I think I definitely would. I don't know where I'd move to. I'm thinking uni options. I don't think I'll go in the UK, but I might. <laughs> so I'm looking into ones elsewhere. Now, is there tough times, though, when you're paddling because it's so cold and trying to get motivated? You know, does that, like, a depression come in knowing that, well, there's other people all around the world that I'm going to race. They've got so much more time, better conditions to train, than what you have when you're in the UK? Yeah, some of those sessions are just like mentally hard when you're paddling and you know that it's just not as good quality as elsewhere and you're not getting in all those sessions as other places. So it is really mental in the fact you just have to like persevere and tell yourself that just to keep going and you'll get to those Spain races where it'll be warmer and it'll be worth it then. Now, with the sport in the UK, is it is it getting more popular now? in the UK? I think, no, I think, well, in some areas, it's definitely growing. Whereas in other areas, it's kind of not, which is a shame because it's really not that popular at all. And many people haven't heard of it. And I suppose that's the same as everywhere, but we have a lot less like sponsorships and money and especially coverage for events. And with that, it means there's less events then. So which also comes back to the mental thing of your training, but for two competitions a year. So two in the beach and two in the pool. So that's definitely that. But it's I don't know if it is growing or it's, I think it is slightly in some areas and different age groups. I know Masters is definitely growing at the moment. There's so many more people joined, which is really good to see. But youth and open, lots of girls, I suppose, everywhere, they are dropping off at 18 and 19 and so that section is definitely not growing compared to what it used to be because it's tough if there's not not a lot of money there because obviously in europe and especially the uk like football is pretty big now even for the girls so you know there's a lot of money in that so a lot of girls are probably going towards those type of sports yeah i think definitely girls are just going for the sports where there's more competitions more money and it's just a lot more worth it which when I was growing up in school, it was the PE teachers didn't believe life-saving was a sport. So we had a thing called that high performance where you could go and train in the gym most mornings. And whereas I had to like constantly fight, be like, but I am training for this. And whereas they more focused on the footballers, the rugby and the netball and things. What about kayaks? Did you do a bit of kayaking at all? Is a kayak bigger in the UK than what it is probably the surf life-saving side? Yeah, so it's a lot bigger, definitely. Um, not much near me, but when you go Nottingham and further like north near London way, it's a lot bigger. But I actually brought a Nello February, I think it was. Yeah, February just gone. And I've done a bit of it, and I do love it. It's so much more fun. <laughs> so I think when I go back, I'm going to get into it. And what about rowing? Because there's a lot of, rowing's a big sport, isn't it, in the UK? Yeah, rowing's huge. I personally don't know much about it but I know it's definitely very big and there's a lot more money involved so now you're in Australia training what events there's obviously not too many events now around this time of the year in Australia but what are the events you're looking forward to next year or aiming for so before I leave here I've got the manly freshy carnival I think it is and then 
I've got, I'm going back to South Africa, so I'm going to do essay champs over there, and then Euro Challenge. And then we've got, obviously, World Champs for Ocean Racing is in Madeira, I think. So I think that's the main one I'm looking forward to. And then, obviously, our, like, GB Nationals and those ones as well. It'd be pretty cool. Because this year, did you come over for the Shore and Partners Week, or you just came for the Worlds? Yeah, I came for all of it. It was yeah. so fun. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was... Uh... Bit some tough races in that hot weather, but <laughs> yeah, it was very tough. But I think an experience for obviously, I've never been in anything like that before. It was so eye opening and just amazing to see it all and race so much, and especially against so many girls that I've looked up to and like seen all over social media. I'm like, whoa, and to actually <laughs> see them and race against them is crazy. Well, it's like in my age group that over 50s is dead set people that. They've all been good all their lives and no one seems to give it away. This Everyone just keeps turning up. It's, <laughs> it's that competitive. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Do you find the uh, – what I find is obviously watching the girls come through in Australia, say, five years ago, to the pace and speed that they're going like a Gemma Smith these days, she's beating most of the guys. Like I never thought it would ever get to that point in a, such a short – period of time do you think it's crazy on how fast the girls are going it is it's crazy but amazing like obviously I never would have expected to see general the girls beating so many men and I don't think they expect it either they come in and they're like I've just got beaten by a girl and like it's so good to see and I trained with Gemma over here and she's so quick in yeah. the session she's up like with the boys and it's insane it is insane it? I just can't believe that the, the improvement, and it's not just her, it's a lot of the girls are improving really quick. And I don't know whether, because girls were paddling with the guys years ago, but they didn't seem to improve as quick, but now they are really coming along a lot faster. And what do you think? Do you, you think that's um, something with the train that's changed or why they're getting faster? Yeah, they definitely are. I think... I think more girls are just loving it a bit more and they're just more included in the sessions maybe and now they've got those opportunities to train as well. Um, and maybe they've just seen how the men are doing and how they want to do it and they've started it and now they're training as much as well and they get the chance to show it. Yeah, I know you mean because there was five years ago no girls beat me now, there's multiple girls beating <laughs> me now. So I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going backwards. But uh... – it's good to see that. It's good to see that um, everyone's getting faster and the sport's growing, especially ocean paddling. Like, how do you find the downwind paddling? Do you get much of that in the UK? Oh, so the downwind stuff is what I love, but we don't get much of it. However, obviously, I live in Cornwall, so the coastline is pretty much any wind direction. You can do a downwind, but it's more the, like, setup and the logistics behind it. And I'm very lucky that my parents support me very much. And my dad always drives and does the downwinds and is very helpful. Um, but there's not many of us who paddle my way. So it's very hard to, because I don't want to be out there by myself. It's not very safe. <laughs> if I miss the end of the land, I'm going, never coming back. But very lucky that the NK UK dealer, Tom Mason, has moved down near me. And he's super into it and he's from South Africa, so he loves it all. And he's very keen to do more, which helped this year. So obviously I'm a lifeguard, so I look at the, the um, safety side of things as well. And as you mentioned then, 
So there is a, a big danger, though, isn't there? When I've looked at Cornwall and the coastline, and you, you can get lost pretty easy. Yeah, it's very easy. I remember one downwind we did last year, the fog just came in, and I was so scared. I was by myself. Obviously, there was people out there with me, but they were gone. I was the slowest. And it was just so scary. You can't see the coast or anything. But you just have to know where you are and just always have a phone and everything. And what about South Africa? Have you had some? Because I was, I haven't been to South Africa, and I was um, talking to um, Kenny over at the Worlds and trying to go do. I'd love to do the Millers Run and do that one year. Um, if what downwinders have you done in South Africa? So I stayed in Fishhook. Um, so I trained with the Orca squad there with Pete, and in the mornings it was a like K one session, and then in the afternoons you'd either do a Millers or anything. So I did the Millers so many times, and it was so surreal, honestly, my first moment there, because obviously I'd heard about it all. And actually, funny story, my very first Millers, I was on the back of a double with one of the other girls, and it was crazy conditions. I was so scared the whole way we were driving there. I was like, like I can't do this, and then. We got in, we paddled like for 50 meters and my paddle full on snapped, <laughs> like just snapped, hit her in the back of the head. I was like, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> it was so scary then because we were out there with like one paddle between us and we had to come in luckily. But, and so many other times, like one time I was paddling out there, we were doing a downwind from, from the like, very end Cape Point, but back to Fishhook and I just got blown out of the boat. We had to paddle into the headwind and it just caught me and I was upside down. <laughs> but the downwinds uh, are insane. And for people that don't understand paddling or never paddled, explain like when you're when you don't you do come out. It's not the easiest thing to get back into either. No, definitely not. And especially in those winds, even if your ski gets turned a bit, then it's just fun the whole way, and then it's flipping, and you've got your paddle in one hand, and you're, it's a lot harder to get back in the boat when you're wearing a PFD. But obviously, you've got to wear them for safety, and. It's just you're just stuck there. You just got to hold on, and I did get him back very easily, but it's just so tough. You probably get back in easy, and I do. The uh, my <laughs> old body now is a bit stiff and harder to get back into that to the ski. But now tell us about the the runs and, and the Miller's run where you can, you sit up on them and you get a break and you're just surfing the runs and like how people have never done it. And I've taken people on a double ski that have hardly paddled. And the thrill they get out of when you catch a run and you're surfing it, it's such a great feeling. Yeah, so the best feeling, just, just surfing them and catching them. And you go past the lighthouse, obviously, which is just so cool. And it's just so quick. Everything is so quick and fast and you've got to be on it. And then you just don't want to turn around. That is the one <laughs> thing I've learned. Do not turn around and look behind you because it will just escape. <laughs> but it's just so, just so surreal the whole experience and it's the best feeling ever of just catching them and then just going and then linking to the next one and you just it's been 30 seconds and you've just not even paddled yeah it's an amazing feeling now with um you, you raced in portugal at the world titles how did you find the world titles titles in perth oh i loved it it was i loved the conditions and everything the setup was amazing everyone did so well with organizing it and the race itself, I loved the conditions. It was super fun, especially compared to the week we had just had before where it was flat and hot and everything. <laughs> so it was nice to have some wind. Yeah, the good. wind did come up, so it was a good good downwind for that day. Mm -hmm. 
and the course was very easy and we'd been paddling there so we knew it. Did you find it amazing because there's probably the only place in the world that you get a downwind but you're only like not far from the beach like you're only sitting probably 100 meters couple of hundred meters off the beach yeah that's what i couldn't believe when when before the race we were talking about it and the locals obviously were saying you don't have to go far out at all and i was like but, but where are the runners coming from how does that work and then when you're there you're like oh you're literally not far off the beach at all and it's such a good downwind Whereas back home, you'd have to go a couple of K offshore to get that. Well, that's similar. As you know now, like in Sydney, that's the same when you do downwind as in Sydney. You're out so far and you've got big headlands and you've got the the bounce off the cliffs and it's just a lot different for the downwinders. Whereas over there, you don't, you've just got the straight downwind. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. It's just it's crazy just how it's just so different everywhere. And I didn't expect how easy it was there. It was so good. And how'd you find it with the, uh, it's an amazing race, uh, the Rottnest to Sorrento, you know, getting all the skis out there to an island and then paddling back. As bad like the wind wasn't wasn't great, but it can be pretty good on its day. But how'd you find that? Is that something you've never really experienced? Yeah, so paddling back from an island to the mainland was, I've never done it before. And there is back home, there's the Isles of Scilly back to, where I live and you can see it from my house and that's one thing I've always wanted to do it's my goal one year I'm going to paddle back from it but um over at Rottnest the whole experience of getting so many boats and just seeing everyone there just chilling for a few hours before a race is so cool I personally didn't have the best of races I was just so exhausted after the whole week and just the conditions didn't help but the whole thing of just you start and you can just see how far away the land is and then just gradually getting closer and closer and then you're there. It was just so cool. <laughs> and did anyone rev you up about the size of the sharks that are probably going underneath you? <laughs> yeah, I was super scared because coming from obviously having nothing like that to worry about at all, to I was definitely the whole time I was thinking like, even if I saw a little splash, I was like, oh my god, it's a shark! I'm just gonna die. <laughs> but no, I did survive, so it was good. Yeah. Well, I do the. There's a swim that goes across there from Cottesloe and I've done that a few times so yeah it's pretty it's a bit more scary swimming but you can see the bottom majority of the way except to where the shipping channel is so that's probably why the the runs sit up that bit better because it's not that deep oh wow yeah I'd heard of that race but I didn't know you'd done it that's good (laughs) you're only young so do you think that by you doing the sport that you're hoping girls coming through now behind you that you can become the role model for other girls to start paddling? Yeah, I'd absolutely love to. And I'm trying to get more girls into it. So I have a little sister, um, she's 14 and she's started getting into lifesaving and she has lots of girls in her club and I'm really trying with them. And I'd love to just help them get more into the sport and just help them. Like the sport definitely needs more older female role models it's definitely what it lacks of when I've just seen the iron series over here and when you see so many of them women like that and like influencing being the role models to everyone and then looking back home and seeing we lack that we definitely need more (laughs) but it is hard I suppose because the weather conditions play a big part in you know you've got to be quite tough and resilient I think to be paddling in the cold weather and, and continuing. Like, 
it's bad enough. I find it bad enough in the winter here in in Sydney <laughs> than trying to deal. You know, that probably gets down to about you know ten degrees or something. So trying to deal with a minus you know one or two, it'd be pretty tough. Yeah, it's very tough, and it's very. I know many girls who will join in for the summer, and then as soon as the winter comes back, they just don't paddle again, and then it's just continuous that year after year, which doesn't really work for some people. But if if that's what they do to enjoy it, then a hundred percent support them. Yeah, because it's a process of all the gear you got to wear, and then you got to put it all on, then you got to take it off at the end, you got to you know dry it out. Well, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than just jumping on the ski and paddling. A hundred percent, especially when it's boarding, you're in a wetsuit. You could do board sessions, I'd say, once a week because it takes a week for the wetsuit to dry out. <laughs> That's if it doesn't freeze in between. But, yeah, it's just so – it's all the kit, all the layers, and it's just so much. And wetsuit boots, wetsuit gloves, a hat. <laughs> and trying to paddle in it too, you know, trying to – like twists and, and, and get your technique and it's a lot harder when you've got wetsuit and you're just not as – you can't move as well. Yeah, 100%. It just really restricts your movement and you can't really focus on your technique as much because it's just trying to get you to move to get the paddle in. So, yeah, it does kind of suck. I think you're in the Northern Beaches at the moment training. Yeah. So what, who are you training with there? I'm training with Newport which is quite cool. I've done a few sessions there. It's insane. On the Narrabeen in the morning sessions, I really enjoy them. Yesterday, we did a session off Newport Beach. It was the biggest short dump I've ever seen in my life. I was so scared. I think I cried in that session just because I was so scared to go through it. But when we got out, it was fine. We were doing triangles, like a downwind section, which was so fun. I loved that bit. And then back into the wind to do that a few times and then come in for the short break which is scary. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it was pretty um, – I saw it yesterday. It was pretty big yesterday. And But Newport, yeah, it doesn't really break that far out. It, it, it breaks quite close to the shore. So you don't get much of a run-up to time it. You've just sort of got to go. Yeah, that's what I checked on my Strava afterwards, and I was stood there for five minutes with the ski just waiting for, like, <laughs> waiting for a break just to get through. Because, yeah, it does break right on the beach, and it just, like, builds up height, and you're stood there looking up at these waves. So when you're a cat, you're obviously on a spec ski. Do you prefer the spec ski or you prefer the ocean skis? I much prefer the ocean skis. Yeah, <laughs> they're lighter and I just feel more comfortable in it. So I use a Nordic kayak. That's why I race on and use back home. And I only recently moved to there in August, but I love it. It just fits me so well and I get on well with it. And then you said you're going to race in um, the Manly Carnival and the Freshwater Carnival, which is probably the biggest Sydney carnivals in summer before we get to the you know your state titles your Australian titles and so you're looking forward to that how do you think you'll perform there yeah I'm looking forward to it I probably will get smashed in but it's just for the experience and to say that I've raced over here like life-saving wise and just it's the experience what I think would definitely be cool and to see all the others compete and it'll be really cool I'm super excited so you watched the uh, Iron Man Iron Woman the other day that was down at Manly yeah, that was such an experience because we obviously see it on social media and all the videos and like live streams of it. But So it's built up to be this huge thing and everyone looks up to it. And to be there in person and watch it was just insane. I couldn't get over it and see all these people that we treat like celebrities in person. It's just crazy. 
<laughs> and I'm I'm very lucky. I'm actually staying with Lizzie. So Lizzie Wellborn and she's lovely. So it's it's so surreal. So cool. Yeah, no, Lizzie's great. I mean, she I grew up at Bronte. She started at Bronte and then went to North Bondi after that. And then obviously now she's with Newport. So yeah, no, it's a, a great crew um on the Northern Beaches training and Newport's probably one it was probably the strongest club in Sydney at this stage. It's like the North Cliff of Queensland, <laughs> Newport of Sydney. Yeah, they all seem so good and so quick and just so, like, technically during the surf. They just always know when to go. And and that's probably something you don't get a chance to do, is it, the surf? Because you don't get a lot of surf over there at Cornwall like it's compared to what we get in Sydney. Yeah, so not compared to here. I'm actually part of Gilly, so I'm on a flat beach on the south coast. But on our northern coast, we had all the, like, wavy beaches. Um which you do get good surfing, but it's not compared to here, and you don't get the shore dump like here, which is, yeah. And even races and competitions, if it gets too big, then they cancel it. Whereas here, they'll just send them out. You see photos, we're at home, you see photos here of it, like triple overhead and them going out. You're like, that's crazy. <laughs> you cancel it if it gets more than three foot here. So what's your uh, favourite beach over here? That I guess say Manly or Freshwater. Yeah. 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 They're both just beautiful, I find. It's so lovely. Well, you could get a bit of swell in the end of January that goes in there at, uh, especially freshwater, because it's a bit more open than what Manly's a little bit protected from the south swell. So. Yeah. I went down freshwater the other day just to chill down the beach, and it was massive. <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> well, it'll be good fun, though. You'd be looking forward to racing. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> So how how's it like training with Lizzie in that? Is it they train pretty hard? Yeah. So there's so many sessions, which is good because it's whatever you prefer you can go to. It's obviously very hard and everyone's just so good. We it's just there's so many good people here that everyone is that like next level up, which is definitely good for my training and is helping me. But are you just doing the ski side of things or are you also doing it? Yeah, a bit of swimming and, and other stuff they're doing. Um, so I'm mainly doing ski, but I also did I did a board session and I'm joining in some of the runs and I swam this morning. So mainly ski, but I'm doing a bit of all of it just because why I'm here I might as well. <laughs> I'm yet to do an iron session though. <laughs> <laughs> and you think that just by being here, you're going to learn a lot more and also you think you're improving. You, can you see yourself improving as well but just by training with people that are that are basically professional athletes. Yeah, definitely. Just the knowledge is one side of it. It just definitely is improving. And just the fitness of keeping up with them anyway. Whereas back home, you can paddle and you don't have to try and you're still in a group. But here, you're, you'll be left behind. <laughs> so you think you can take a lot what you're learning here now back to the UK and, and motivate other girls back there to this is what we need to do to, to get better? Hundred percent, yeah, definitely. I think it would be brilliant to do, to use my knowledge and help all the others now, and definitely encourage them to when they get old enough to come spend a season out here and do the same thing, because you just learn so much. Next year's world titles at Madeira. Do you know much about Madeira, like where that is? And uh, I think it's off Portugal somewhere, but yeah, it's a little island of Portugal. Yeah, I think it'd be a nice, it'd be a good one to do. I wouldn't mind doing it. Just don't know whether I'd be able to get there. But I was trying to work out how they're going to get all the ocean skis over there. 
Yes, I think it's definitely a good one to do. I think we can fly from ours, and I think there's a ferry that goes every so often, so I assume they'll just put the boats. But I know um, our Europeans this year are in the Azores, which are just, I don't even, they're just a random island in the middle of nowhere. So I'm not entirely sure how popular that race is going to be. Just for logistics, you can't get anything there. So I don't know if anyone's going. But the same with Madeira, I think, will be a lot more popular. For the Europeans, I think there'd be a lot of people going, wouldn't there? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if I'm going. And I know some of the dealers, logistically-wise, can't get their craft there. Yeah, that could be a problem, I think, for most of the uh, people. But Yeah, so you're saying you're going to do the, the freshwater manly carnival, then you're heading back overseas to South Africa, and which then pretty much then it's coming to your summer again, isn't it, in the, the UK? So you've nearly got a whole 12 months of summer, so you should improve in that period. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to work out for one, so I can chase the sun and try and miss all of our cold weather back home. But two, I want to leave it as long as possible before going back. So then I'm not when I go back, I'm not stuck by myself training. I can, I've got the time, so I might as well be out here. So with uni, you, you potentially could go to South Africa and do uni, or is that probably the most probable way you're going to go? I think so. I've looked. I've kind of looked at Cape Town a bit, but I need to look at it more. So I think that would be most likely one to go to. But then I'd also love to look at other options, just because I think the training there. I would just. I wouldn't get anywhere else. So. And what are you doing? What are you studying? So nothing at the moment. I've just finished my A levels, but I'm looking into sort of like a marine geography, ocean exploration side. That sort of courses, which there, what I got in uni's back home but i don't think i'm going <laughs> well rosie it's been great having you in the beach shack telling your story and hopefully you can motivate a lot of girls and you know get more people paddling over in uh, the uk which will uh, help the sport as well so well done on what you've done and, you've, and what you've achieved so far and you're getting some good results yeah, thank you. That's definitely the aim, just to get more girls into it and more girls loving the sport because it just you can have so many experiences and opportunities from it that I feel everyone needs to see and everyone needs to learn from. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Well, good. Now, at the end of the interview, I do uh, my segment, Five Fun Facts. So I'm going to throw some questions at you. You can answer them however you want. There's no right or wrong answers. First one what are the best and worst purchases you have ever made? I think my best purchase is definitely my first ever ski. It was a pink Gaysford that I used and got off one of the older girls and it got me into it. And worst? Oh, I'm probably not going to be like to say this, but Vegemite. <laughs> Don't like Vegemite? No. <laughs> Brought it to try it. No. Never again. <laughs> what do you have? Do you like, do you like Marmite? Do you, eat, do you have Marmite? Because we have the, it, but I don't like it. You don't like that either? No. <laughs> it's either Vegemite's either something you love or you hate. Mm-hmm. Even in Perth, they had um, Vegemite ice cream, and I was shocked. <laughs> uh, cats or dogs, and why? I think dogs, because they're just more energetic, fun. You can take them everywhere with you, and you can go for a run with them and take them to the beach. Cats are a lot more homely. What are you most proud of? Definitely, maybe this year, just moving away at 18, going halfway around the world, 
staying with people I've never met until I turn up on their doorstep. <laughs> I think that's a pretty big thing. It is a big thing. What's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? I'm going to say the Iron series. Definitely the most interesting thing I've seen this week. I don't know what can beat it. <laughs> what song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? And, and it, well, you don't have to sing it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything ever. Probably Dancing Queen. I feel like they're just one of the go-tos. you just got to. Yeah, yeah. One of the classics. That's more my era. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rosie, great answers. Thanks for coming and joining me in the beach shack and uh, good luck in the future with your paddling. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now it's time to have a listen to the fans in the mailbag. This week's letter in the mailbag is from Veronica and she says there's been a lot of drownings, uh, especially in New South Wales and other areas around Australia. What do you think the solution is? Well, Veronica, the main thing I can say is more lifeguard services need to be put into remote areas, uh, local councils employing lifeguards uh, up and down the coastline, especially in New South Wales as we're getting busier, people are moving away from the metropolitan areas and into the country towns along the coastline. Similar to around uh, Australia. And also we need some messaging in what to do when you're in the water. And that's why I'm pushing Float to Survive because it's a message on what to do when you are in a distressed situation in the water and you think you're going to drown and panicking. So floating is the best solution to save your life. So thanks, Veronica, for your letter, and I'll catch everybody again next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.